Did you miss Canty and Carlin? We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Canty and Carlin with you. We have some NBA talk with the preseason underway. We were discussing Zion just moments ago. For more of it, we bring in Brian Windhorst, ESPN, NBA insider. Wendy, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. Hope you have enjoyed a little bit of time off here, and we are back at it. How you doing? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Let's start with Zion last night. What were your impressions with what you saw? Well, he just looks nimble on his feet, a lot more nimble than than he has been the last um, last time we saw him. You know, his weight is down. He's still not where he was at Duke. And he's had a couple of injuries since then, you know, the broken foot, and he had a knee injury his rookie year. But if you want to blow your, you know, blow yourself away when it comes to Zion – Go on YouTube and Google Zion Williamson defense at Duke. Because I know it's been three years and it's been easy to forget, but the guy was an absolute defensive, you know, badass uh, when he was at Duke. And when he was the number one overall pick, there wasn't just enormous excitement about his extraordinary ability to score on the interior, which I think is the most uh, impressive in the NBA since Shaquille O'Neal. But the guy was a defensive playmaker. And because of his conditioning and because of injuries, he hasn't been able to be that player. And, you know, last night there was a play, and he got called for goaltending on the play. So you're not going to see it on SportsCenter. But he he chased down a guy going to the rim and blocked it from behind. And it was the type of explosion play that I used to see him have at Duke. And so to me, if you want to evaluate where Zion is physically, you watch what he does at the defensive end. And there was a little bit of a flash last night in his first game, I think, in 500 days. Wendy, where are we at with the Pelicans in terms of their minutes restrictions to start the season with Zion? What's their overall plan in terms of how they're going to manage them this year, dealing with back-to-backs, things of that nature? Well, I don't think they've fully decided yet, but I think they're going to be careful with him um, no matter what. Um, You know, they're a very uh, deep team, and they're a very good team. You know, they should be able to be a playoff team even if he sits out some back-to-backs. So I expect them to be cautious with him. But again, I think it's a journey for him that he's on to where he wants to be as a player. And I don't think he's necessarily going to get there this year, but he's so talented. I'm telling you, his ability to score from the interior, his ability to score below the rim and above the rim is like Shaquille O'Neal. He can shoot like 65% despite only, you know, you know sometimes giving up four or five inches um, than his defender and sometimes. And so him getting into a rhythm and finding that you know level that he had two years ago is paramount. And even if that means holding him back a little bit early on, I think that's what the Pelicans are going to do. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. The drama out west with the Lakers. I'll bring it up because Chris doesn't want to as a Lakers fan. Brian, where do we stand here? It sounded like media day. Nobody was really too thrilled to see one another between Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. Well, I think they're making the best of it. Russell Westbrook wanted his $47 million, and I don't blame him. So he he wants to try to make it work. I do think there's more of an effort to make it work. But there's, you know, there's a couple of big challenges for them. Number one, they're just not a good shooting team. And I think they shot 30% on threes um, in their first preseason game. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't have nights where they'll shoot well. But 
and maybe even they'll have some sort of amazing thing happen and they'll shoot better than their percentages. But if you look at the career percentages of their key players shooting the three-pointer, they are just not good. And in the modern NBA, you need three-point shooting. You forget about Russell Westbrook's fit and his relationship with his teammates. you got to hit three-point shots. And not only that, if you're going to have LeBron James be successful, you need to spread the floor. This has been something that has happened for 16, 17 years. It took his first teams a few years to understand it. But ever since, for the last 15, 16 years, no matter what team LeBron was on, they've crawled across glass to find shooting. And the Lakers have done the exact opposite here. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't mathematically see how it's going to work. I will give them the benefit of the doubt that we will watch and see. All of the players that they added in the offseason, none of them are plus three-point shooters. Most of them are minus three-point shooters. And then just the the competition level. So even if the Lakers are able to stay healthy with LeBron and AD, I mean, that's a a very formidable one-two punch. Even if Russell Westbrook carves out a role that he actually can be productive in, which I think is a hard ask, but let's say he does, the competition level for them in the Western Conference is brutal. There's no margin for error. They finished 11th last season. Maybe one team ahead of them, uh, the Jazz, are going to go backwards behind them, and a bunch of teams behind them are going to be competitive with them to try to pass them. They just don't have much margin for error, and they don't have a shooting team when they need one. And, Wendy, I was going to ask you about the Phoenix Suns, the team that the Lakers play in tonight, because the competition in the Western Conference is stiffening. We know that Denver is getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. We know that the Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert. We've seen Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and John Wall now come back healthy. Like, where exactly do the Phoenix Suns stack up in the Western Conference? Well, when they're clicking, uh, Canty, they have um, a terrific opportunity to be the best team. But – you know, they have lost their mojo a little bit. You know, I was out there last week at the start of their training camp, and the mood was completely flat. I was expecting them to have sort of a refresh mindset, like Robert Sarver is in the past. We are now moving on. But they seemed like they were in, like, just staring at the ceiling. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton, who is, you know, a very important player for them defensively. I know that offensively he's never going to be a dominating factor they have other dominating factors offensively but he does a lot of important things for them defensively he is clearly not in the right headspace with the team right now um damage was done i mean i talked to him about it i said listen man you won you got your 130 million and he said look i'm all business i'm not focused on anything i'm all business this is a guy who was happy go lucky this is a team that before every game they would dance around like crazy people in the, in the back tunnel, and I didn't even see a smile on day one. So um, they have some stuff to overcome, but they are very talented, and they do have the ability to improve themselves during the year. They have all their draft picks going forward. Um, they are, their ownership so far has been willing to pay the tax, even though the team is for sale. So I'm still a believer in them, but they have some work to do internally before anything else. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, joining Canty and Carlin. Speaking of things to overcome, can the Nets actually put this thing back together and make something work? It's one of the most fascinating situations um, that we've had in recent memory. Uh, I can present you a scenario in which that team could challenge to win the East, and I could present a scenario in which they're fighting for the play-in again. 
And, by the way, fighting for the play-in would be not good because they don't control their draft pick this year. Houston does from the Harden trade. Um, and so uh, there is, without question, they're, they're massively talented. But right out of the gate in their first preseason game, they struggled defensively. That was what held them back all last year. We spent all this time saying, but what if Kyrie is okay? And what if Durant is okay and, and healthy and everything? But they couldn't defend. And that was one of the reasons they went out and traded their team, traded uh, a bunch of players um, for, uh, you know, to get, uh, uh, you know, a guy like Ben Simmons. As many, as many issues as he has, he is a elite multifaceted defender. They traded a first-round pick to get Royce O'Neal out of Utah. They are they were trying to address it, but until they address their defensive situations and they you know night in and night out, it really doesn't matter how what sort of mood Kyrie Ir- Kyrie Irving is in or how many games he plays or whether Kevin Durant is in a good place with the franchise or not. That all is backseat to where they can actually get stops because if they can just be an average defensive team, they have the potential to be the best offensive team in the league and a championship contender. But I can't move past that defense without having him prove it to me. Excellent stuff, Wendy. We appreciate it. Thanks very much. Have a good afternoon, guys. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider. I I would buy a front row ticket to the soap opera that's going to be the Nets. It is year. going to be a spectacle. Wait, wait, honestly, which of the two is going to be a bigger soap opera, the Nets or the Lakers? See, here's the thing. I actually think the Nets have a chance to be good. That's the problem. I don't feel like the Lakers have a chance to be good, even with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If both of those guys play 60 games, I still think the Lakers are probably, what, at best the fifth seed in the the West? At best? Mm. Wow. At best? At best. Yeah, you're probably, I mean, then that might be optimistic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. That's, that's all you can say. That is all you can say, seriously. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Now you can watch the show so easily on the ESPN app. All you have to do is open it up, click on watch on the bottom of the screen, and bang. Right there. That's where we are. It's so easy to do. You can join us there or, of course, on ESPN Radio. Up next, is this actually a must-win, more so for the Rams than the Cowboys this week? We'll explain what we're talking about next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's a lot of self-discovery at this show. Like, I just, earlier in the show, I took a sh- I, you insulted Keyshawn Johnson. Let's insulted, call it what it is. I don't know if insulted. You insulted the, right the man. I didn't insult. Him. He's a weekly guest on our show. So Key called in in his weekly spot at three ten, and I introduced it. Of course, now from Keyshawn J. Will and Max, here's Keyshawn Johnson, and Key immediately starts with, "Well, that was a terrible intro." Yeah, he felt like you were low energy with the intro. That doesn't mean you attacked the man's playing career. It wasn't, it wasn't low energy, and so when when I felt like I was attacked. I just responded back, I would say, with an in, attack. Tripl- in triplicate. <laughs> yeah, you, you said, well, I would say Hall of Famer. I, yeah, I was going to say Hall of Famer. But, but that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you attacked the man's playing career. Yeah. and I That's got, something that's deeply personal. And I, But I got smacked shortly thereafter, and he said, well, the Hall of Fame's not important to me when I pulled my family out of poverty, and then I feel like a jackass. And you deserve that. You absolutely deserve that. But then even during the break just now, we're talking, and... Uh, you know, one of the guys back in the shop is saying how uh, Jalen Brunson looked good in the blue and orange the other night. Yeah, he looked and, good. And what was my immediate immediate response? So did Obi Toppin in the preseason. You're terrible. Like why? Why would I? Like Jalen Brunson isn't Obi Toppin. He's no. been in the league years. Exactly. And his like, dad. Why would I his, say that? And his dad is on the coaching staff. Yes. <laughs> why would I say that? It's not my fault. He's not Donovan Mitchell. But uh, it's, why it's, would I say that? It's your instinct kicking in. Just like my instincts as a Lakers fan tells me that this team is going to have a hard time finishing any better than seventh in the Western Conference. Uh, Carlin, we did. We did. I don't the know ex- if that's instincts or facts. We did. We did. <laughs> we did the exercise during the break. We just did. listing the teams. I, it's not good. Just, just hear us out, okay? Of course, at the top of the Western Conference, you got to put the champs, the Golden State Warriors, right? Yeah. I would put the Memphis Grizzlies ahead of the Phoenix Suns, but Memphis and Phoenix are right there, two, three. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yep. Okay. Number four is where it gets interesting. Last year, the Mavs finished fourth, but they lost Jalen Brunson. I got the Minnesota Timberwolves in that four spot after acquiring Rudy Gobert and assuming that we're going to see more growth from Carl Anthony Town and Anthony Edwards. Fair? Oh, very fair. Okay. At the five spot, who you got? Uh, are we going to put Denver in there? I would have – see, that's the thing. Denver and Dallas are both right there. New Orleans is right there, too. Yeah, I mean, Denver, all Dallas, three of Denver them, Dallas, and New Orleans would be right there. Like Denver finished, I put them, six, and I would Denver put them all finished, in front of the Lakers. That's what I'm saying. Denver finished sixth last year without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So I would put Denver fifth. Yep. Let's put Denver fifth. New, or, six. New, New Orleans sixth. New Orleans sixth with okay. with Zion. Can we and, do that not knowing if Zion's going to stay healthy or not? You know, I mean, they still they, listen. They were a, they were a good team last year, especially and in the players, yes. they were right, outstanding. McCollum changed. Yeah, the dynamic. they were McCollum changed it. Like so, yep. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, and then Zion being around. Like I like the pieces on that team. So let's put them six. Right now, you're talking about the Lakers with the Dallas Mavericks right there. Oh, I got to put the Mavericks here's, here's, in front of the Lakers. Well, what about the LA Clippers? Where do you put them? <sighs> They got a lot of guys that I don't know can stay. Do we healthy. have the Lakers getting into the playoffs. They got right now? they got Kawhi. Yeah. They got you know Paul George. They got John Wall. Like, I don't know if any of those guys can stay healthy for a whole year. But I mean, like, we I don't, don't know. We don't the, know. We don't know that Anthony Davis and LeBron can stay healthy a whole I, year. I don't buy the Stephen A. take that they're all of a sudden going to be the biggest challenge for the for the Warriors out west. But no, I don't buy that either. But do we put them in front of the Lakers? Well, put it this way: How much can I trust? Their guys to be healthy versus trusting Anthony Davis to be healthy. You can't. 
So I, I think there's more talent on the Clippers than there is on so, the Lakers. So what are we saying right now? The Lakers are, at best, the eighth team in the Western Conference? Is that eighth or ninth? I think it might be ninth, actually. <laughs> if we're putting the Mavs because in there, too. The, the Mavs are seventh. Yeah, the Mavs are seventh. <laughs> it's not great, Bob. Not great. And, I mean, Dame, when is Dame back? <laughs> it's not. It's. I don't, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't understand how we got here, Carlin. And oh, the, I know how we got here. The, the Ram, Rambi. The Rambi. <laughs> Here's the thing. And Magic Johnson said it last offseason. He said the deal for DeMar DeRozan was done. It mm. was done. We would have had DeMar DeRozan, who brings more shooting than Russell Westbrook, a guy that was, what, fourth or fifth in scoring last year in the NBA? Mm-hmm. We would have had him to go alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. How do you like that trio and how those guys complement one another? It's damn better than Russell Westbrook, isn't it? Yeah. That that's what it would have been. And yet we're hearing rumors that players stepped in or Palenka stepped in. Somebody stepped in and said, We're going Russell Westbrook. We're going the route of Russell Westbrook. And we're gonna trade assets in order to get Russell Westbrook. And that has turned into an abject failure. I don't know how they've worked themselves out of that situation and still keep LeBron James's championship window open. Have we ever How do we how do they Chris, do it? Ha, have we ever seen seen one superstar player or star player have the absolute opposite effect, the most adverse effect on a team in such a short period of time that Russell Westbrook had on the Lakers? No. That's amazing. No. That's how bad it's no. been. No. And that's a team with LeBron on it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is the greatest miscalculation of LeBron's career. Yeah. By far. Not the best general manager. No. Yeah, not the best general manager. No. No, but it's bad. And and I'm wondering, Carlin, is that going to cost him any opportunity that he has in the twilight of his playing career to win a championship? Because when you look at the Western Conference... It's not getting any easier. I, and he just resigned, Chris. I don't. I think the championship might be off the table here. Well, I mean, LeBron. I know they'll have some more. They'll have some more room after this season. I think they can add another max level player after this year, should they choose to go that route. But let's but, argue for a second that let's say that Anthony Davis plays forty games. If you're a max level player, you want to go play with a forty year old LeBron and an AD that you don't know that can stay healthy. You feel like your chances are going to be pretty good to win a championship? Then probably not. Yeah, probably not. And it's there'll not going to be the and most be appealing other, place. And there'll be some other teams that have younger players that have space to be able to absorb a max level player. It's not going to be the most appealing situation. No, I can't imagine it will be. So yeah, the Lakers are in some trouble, man. And I, I don't feel great about it. I think the highlight of our season is going to be LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for all-time scoring. And those two don't speak. <laughs> Of course, because it's the Lakers, right? That would only make sense. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A lot of our discussion today around Aaron Judge breaking the American League home run record last night. And just what you view that as, as an achievement. How do you view that? Is it the record? How do you view it? We'll hear from you on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on that and on the Cowboys as well. And whether this game is more of a must-win for the Cowboys or for the Rams, we tackle that next. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. 12 minutes, your play of the night. We're going to get a little funky with it tonight. Do we have a Lacadini tonight? We don't have a Lacadini. No Lacadini. Okay. But we have we have a play that at the very least, Chris, will be entertaining. All right. It will entertain you tonight. By the way, we hit the over last night. Another winner. Nice. In the uh, Astros-Phillies game. Nice. Yeah. Giddy up. So we, uh, we were in good shape there, and we will give you... And by the way, tonight there are very few things to play. Uh, we're not going preseason basketball. No. And all of the baseball games were basically played at 4 o'clock and earlier. Mm-hmm. I think there's one game at 6 o'clock that started uh, Eastern time this is. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, an interesting play coming up in 10 minutes. Again, only if money interests you. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And you can watch us now on the ESPN app by simply opening the app and uh, clicking the watch button. Christopher, you got the Rams and the Cowboys this weekend. The Rams are just in a bad place right now. I don't think they're getting anybody back this weekend health-wise. It's getting late early for the Rams. It, it, It truly is. We discussed whether or not this season is worth salvaging, which personally... I think we have reached the point, even at two and two, even with a schedule that lays out where they should be at least three and three uh, going into the bye, where they shouldn't try to save it by making deals and trading away picks. And if they actually handled it correctly, could shut it down for this year, but be right back in it next year. Then there's the Cowboys. Do you view this as more of a must win for the Rams than Dallas at this point? I do. I think Dallas has more margin for error because, let's face it, the Dallas Cowboys have been able to win three games with their backup quarterback and are yet not at full strength. Furthermore, I trust Dallas's defense a hell of a lot more than I trust the Rams' defense. And if Dallas's defense is going to continue to play at the level that they're at right now, they're going to keep scoring down. They're going to give that offense an opportunity to control the complexion of the game. I don't see the Rams defense having the ability to do that. I saw that last year, but you had Jalen Ramsey playing at a higher level. You also had Vaughn Miller to book in Leonard Floyd with Aaron Donald in the middle. You don't have that anymore. Now, you do still have some playmakers, but I think you're talking about a couple of guys that are on the other side of their primes now. You know, And that's the thing that's concerning for me with the Rams defensively. Offensively, their quarterback has got some problems, Carlin. Mm-hmm. He does. 
He's not 100% healthy. I don't care what Sean McVay and Matt Stafford say in front of a microphone. You could see it in that game against the 49ers on Monday night. There was a throw that he had to one of the tight ends in the end zone. If he puts it on him, that's six. He threw it behind his receiver. It almost ended up being an interception. The DB from the 49ers couldn't believe it. The ball hit him right in the hands. It was an off-target throw, but I think that's symptomatic of where Matt Stafford's physical health is. So you've got question marks with your quarterback's health. You've got question marks with the playmakers on the back end of your defense. You've got question marks with your offensive line. The Dallas Cowboys don't have that many question marks. Okay. Like we, we wanted to know what, what would happen with that group up front and how they would navigate those injuries. They've seemed to have stabilized that, and that has a lot to do with how Kellen Moore is calling the game plan. So if you're asking me, I think this is a more important game for the Rams than it is for the Cowboys. Let me ask you this question, just briefly following that up. Is winning the division important for the Cowboys this year? Or is just making the playoffs important? Well, I think the Cowboys have to, well, let's just, let me reframe that. I think for Mike McCarthy, it's important to go on a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. How you do it doesn't really matter, but it's important for them to go on a deep playoff run. Now, here's what I will say about this Cowboys team in particular. Their defense will travel. So if they have to go on the road as a wild card team, mm-hmm. I'm not as worried about their ability to be able to have success. By that point, You'll have Tyron Smith back in your lineup, and your offensive line seems like it's trending in the right direction in terms of being able to protect the quarterback and be able to establish a line of scrimmage to help the run game. Um, And then those receivers will have a chance to come around too. You're just getting Michael Gallup's legs up under him. You got CeeDee Lamb, and Noah Brown has emerged as a guy that you can rely on as well. And so I, I feel good about the direction that the Cowboys are going as long as they employ the same offensive game plan that we've seen the last three weeks, Carlin, and I've been harping on this, and I think it bears repeating. In the last three weeks, the Dallas Cowboys are third in 12 personnel groupings. 12 personnel is one running back and two tight ends. They run 12 personnel 30% of the time. The only teams that do it more are the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. That protects your offensive line because it allows you to put bigger bodies on the edges of that offensive line and protect the edges and help out those young tackles. And Carlin, that makes a world of difference when it comes to the different protection schemes, but also being able to capture the edge in the run game, which is where the Dallas Cowboys running backs have been able to do most of their damage. Okay, well, the reason I asked about the division is simply because you have a team with the Rams who are reeling right now. Mm -hmm. This is a chance not to throw a knockout punch, but certainly deliver a haymaker on one of the teams that was considered one of the, I wouldn't say favorites, but certainly a, a team that could contend to win uh, the NFC again. You have a chance to really knock them back. You go to Philadelphia next week. I don't think they're winning in Philadelphia. You think they're winning in Philadelphia? No. So having said that, the Cowboys are going to be two games back at that point. If the Eagles win again this week, mm-hmm. the Cowboys are going to be two games back plus – the Eagles at that point will have the tiebreaker, although they do play again. Yeah. I I do believe that the division is somewhat important. So I would put more importance on winning this game than maybe you normally would. Is it do or die for the Rams? Yes. And is it do I, or die for the Cowboys? No. And that's what I was going to say. But, with, the, with the Rams, I'll put it to you this way. I think the Cowboys have a lesser chance of winning their division than the Rams do. 
But now, I don't think the Rams have a chance of making the playoffs. I think the Cowboys do. Okay, and there, there are two things that work in their favor, too. That's going to be a Cowboys home game this weekend. Yeah. In, in L.A., that will be a Cowboys home game. Make no mistake about it. And secondly, you win this game, you can push them aside. You lose this game, Chris. Rams maybe get a little something out of that. And at the same time, you're going to Philadelphia off a loss next week. I'm already looking at division standings. Yeah. Maybe a little too much this early, but falling behind by two games, and if you lose that game, possibly three. Mm. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I, I don't look at anybody in the NFC as running away from the Cowboys when it comes to the wild card. Mm-hmm. And I think the Cowboys are going to be one of those three wild card teams out of the conference. You I, think I they're better I, than I do. You think well, they're? I think they were a playoff well, team. At the well, I think of the they're year. better than the Rams. Yeah, I right now. Yeah, I think they're hard, better than the Rams. It's hard not to argue that. Yeah, I think they're better than the Rams, and their defense takes them over the top. And that's the thing that I'm concerned with with the Rams. When you look at the landscape of the conference, I mean, listen, they could be on the outside looking in. I think San Francisco's going to win that division. I think the Cowboys are a playoff team. I think the Eagles are a playoff team. I think the Vikings are a playoff team. Green Bay is a playoff team. I, it's still important to me, for the Cowboys to try to win that division while they can. And more so, Chris, I don't want to see the Cowboys lose the division this early in the season, which in the next two weeks they could. Well, I don't think they're going to win the division. I just don't think that's realistic. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. My friends, up next, money, if you choose to take it. That's up to you. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You can't miss Canty and Carlin. Pound for pound. The biggest show on ESPN radio. You know what aggravates me? What's that? When somebody who's already had a, a, a pretty darn good life, at least from the outside, has more good fortune happen to them when it could have happened to somebody else. So when you say something like that, the first person that comes to mind is Hollywood Henderson. Played for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Won the lottery twice. Is that the kind of person you're talking about? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Because <laughs> this is like a lottery ticket last night. Corey Yeomans. Who is Corey Yeomans? He is from Dallas. He is the guy that caught the 62nd home run last night. Mm-hmm. What does Corey Yeomans do? He works in finance. Like, he's uh, he's like a high-up executive in a financial firm in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I don't want that guy catching number 62. He's married to one of the sports reporters uh, on a Dallas TV station. I mean, there, there, there's so much there. The money's already flowing in. I don't want to count somebody else's money. I'm going to count... Corey Yeoman's money. Yeah. He, he's doing fine. Yeah. And he catches the home run as opposed to somebody who's out there that could really use it. Like, I'm going to be annoyed if I find out that Corey Yeoman's 
went on the secondary ticket market and spent like 600 bucks to go sit out there like it was nothing so he could try to catch the home run. I'm sure that's what happened, Carlin. I mean, the guy is not oblivious to what's going on. He knows history is in the making, potentially. And so he put himself in a position to be able to capitalize on it. Now, the question that I would have, if this is a guy that has all of, all of this stuff going for himself, do you give the ball back to Aaron Judge? Do you just give it back to him? Or do you actually sell it off and make well, a fortune? I don't think you can in good conscience give it back. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because it's already been rumored that some auction houses will pay up to $2 million for the ball. Yeah, but th- I mean, I understand that, but you've already outlined how well this guy is doing in life. I know, but it's it's $2 million. I would hope maybe Corey would do something nice with the money. Again, I don't want to tell him what to do. Maybe he'd take some of it and, and uh, donate it to Aaron Judge's favorite charity or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Corey Yeoman feels like he's got a lot going his way, and the rich get richer. I I don't know. I'm not a fan it of feels that. Ba- it, feels, it feels like it could have gone to somebody else. So like, I don't, for, I'm not for, blaming you. I, I don't think you're wrong with this one. I don't I, think you're I don't know what kind one. of a fan he is, but knowing what that crowd is like as a Texas Rangers fan, my guess would be that Corey Yeomans couldn't have found the new ballpark with a GPS before last night. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Would you say that we're on a heater? Would you say that? Uh... I don't want to jinx it, Carlin. Okay. I don't want to tempt fate. We've had know, some the, things the, go the, our the, way, the, like Corey Yeoman. The, the, the sports gods have been in our favor when yes. it comes to, you know, putting a little coin on some some games. So in case you're uh, new to the show or, or new to this particular moment, uh, this is when we give you the play of the night. And we have, on primetime uh, NFL football, hit three parlays in a row. Mm. Thus we have uh, brought a money gun to the show to fire off every time we hit a parlay. Yes. Last night, we hit the over on the Astros' Phillies at six and a half. That was a great call by you, by the way. Well, ish. You know, we, 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 we got fortunate. Tonight, most of the baseball games are going to be over with by the time you get home, mm-hmm. if you're not home already. So, there's really a limited amount that you could... Take a little play on, but we've got something. Oh, yeah. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. It's Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. What do you do when things are going well? Well, you get irresponsible, and that's what we're going to do right here. Again, not a great slate to choose from. I am staying away from preseason basketball. I am not that No, we're not going preseason basketball, but I know where you're going. The American Athletic Conference. I know where you're going. We've got Wednesday night football. Little Pony Express. <laughs> the SMU Mustangs and the Central Florida Knights. Let's get it. Let's Woo! get it. Chris, we're not playing either team here. Of we're course simply we're not. We're going, playing the game. We're going for the over. There you go. The over is 64 and a half. I like it. We're going to play the over tonight just for fun. I like and it. And see what happens. I'm on board. You know? I approve. I dig it. I dig it over 64 and a half on Caesars Sportsbook right now. That's at minus 110. Jump on board. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out.
So, Carlin, I know we're taking the over with our play of the night, mm-hmm. but what you should know is that 74% of the cash when it comes to the point total in SMU-UCF is on the under. So by picking the over in this game, we are, in fact, fading America. You do understand that? I do. I'm okay, okay. with it. You're okay with it? Yeah, America doesn't when, like when, me anyway. when everybody zigs, you're going to zag? Well, tonight I will. Okay. Just because I want to root for points. All right. I don't want to sit there and watch UCF SMU and and it's twenty one seven late fourth. I tell you what, <laughs> the about the only way you can make UCF SMU interesting <laughs> is by putting some coin on it. Unless you went to the school. Yeah. That's the only way you can make this game interesting. Three and out brought to you by Indeed New Hires. You need indeed.com slash credit. In case you're uh just joining us and you haven't heard the fan who ran on the field the other day with an incendiary device, which was uh, the pink smoke coming out of whatever that was at, at the uh, game with the Rams and the 49ers the other evening, well, he got decked by Bobby Wagner, as we know, and now he has filed a police report against Bobby Wagner. Stop yourself. First of all, you're the one in violation of the rules, the policy at Levi Stadium by going out there on the playing field. This is... This is work for these guys. Like, you're talking about the Rams, the 49ers. I understand it's a game. It's entertainment for you. But this is their job. And you're basically running onto their office, acting like a wild man, trying to make a spectacle of yourself because you're advocating for some animal rights group. And what makes matters worse is that the animal rights group is backing this guy's play by filing a police complaint with the Santa Clara Police Department. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a bad look all the way around. And, Carlin, the thing that makes me the most nervous is that if this guy is successful in being able to file charges against Bobby Wagner, how many copycats are we going to see yeah. around the world of sports with this type of behavior? It's gonna, how many people are going to jump out of the stands and onto the field or onto the court at stadiums and arenas around the country because this guy was successful in filing charges against a professional athlete? I, I will be surprised if he's successful. I hope he's not. Yeah, I hope he's not, too. Yeah. Uh, number two, Kurt Rambis taking out Dwight Howard. Care to field this one? Yeah, so Dwight Howard was on all the smoke with uh, our good buddies Matt Barnes and my man Stack Jack, Stephen Jackson. And Dwight Howard had some interesting things to say. Here's what he said Kurt Rambis told him. You're not Dwight Howard anymore. You got to deal with that. And in Dwight Howard's own words, he said, that really hit him like, damn, I just got to shut my mouth and do what I'm asked to do. That was real hard. So, again, Kurt Rambis said, and I quote, you're not Dwight Howard anymore, end quote, to Dwight Howard. Wow. Kurt Rambis, this is senior basketball advisor Kurt Rambis. Best job for in the America, Los Kurt Angeles Rambis. Lakers. Does anybody know what Kurt Rambis actually does? No, that's it's like naming him a consultant. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, nobody knows what they do. I mean, why, well, why would you talk to a guy like this that a couple of seasons ago was a part of a championship team down in the bubble for you? <laughs> why would you say that to him? I don't know. You're not Dwight Howard anymore? Kurt. Well, who the hell are you, Kurt Rambis? He's the, the who fifth. The, what the hell are you contributing of value? He's the fifth bus. Offer I'll tell you st- what, Kurt Rambis with the Knicks made them go bust. Uh, offer is still valid. The auction house is still prepared to pay $2 million for Aaron Judge's home run ball last night. You take the $2 million or should it go for more? Give it back to Judge, man. 
It's two million dollars. Okay, I'm lying. I would take the two million bucks. Yeah, we were talking about a half million for sixty-one. I, 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 I was trying to say the noble thing and be somebody of high character, somebody of integrity, but I would just take the two million dollars. Listen, I the last thing I would encourage is for this Corey Yeomans, who's a financial guy, to get um, a lot more money. But if he walks away from two million dollars, that dude is out of his freaking mind. Do not give it back to Aaron Judge. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.